0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. We're continuing the series of Purpose, and today I'm talking to Anna. And Anna has a really interesting story. She's a student of yoga, mind-body medicine, spirituality, and much, much more. She truly believes in the power of healing and energy work. She's healed herself from chronic pain, depression, and anxiety. And we're going to be talking a little bit about those labels Ah, uh, that society does give us when we're in this process of healing, as well as um, how to focus on, you know what's not in our control versus what's in our control. Um, and the fact that we're very limited by our own imagination and how to sort of break that. And um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think we have a lot in common with what we do. And we're going to be talking about a question Anna asked herself, which is, what if it's not about me, which I think really summarizes what this conversation is going to be about. So I hope this inspires you, this motivates you. I hope you learn something from this. And I hope that you truly learn that once you start accepting all the gifts you have, you can have an extreme impact on the world, regardless of what that dream is, and and you can make it possible.
1: Anna. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much
2: for having me, Annie. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, You know, self-love is a big one for me, and I think I know it's it's it's, it's big for you as well. Um, And as someone who started, I only recently delved into the space of coaching, but psychology and coaching and just human behavior has always, always fascinated me. And um, one thing I've come across, like interacting with people is understanding that there's, there's so many ways that we, we process emotions and we process healing. And um, you have told me that, you know, you've been through so much yourself, and I would love for you to be able to share a little bit about your journey, especially how you were able to heal yourself from things like the, the chronic pain that you spoke about and depression.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I appreciate the question. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, if I really were to get into the whole kind of crux of, of my journey and and how I got to the point of my lowest low and how I've kind of found my way uh, every day, crawling my way out of that hole, um, it would take a lot longer than a podcast episode. But uh, for the, the purpose of, of the question, you know, when you say processing emotions, I think that's kind of the key because I never learned to do that. And that's actually what led to my body to have completely fall apart. Um, and it's what I'm learning every day about myself. I, I learn something new about myself every single day. And that knowledge and understanding of who I am at my core is the thing that helps me go back and really kind of analyze the things that led to the destruction of my entire self. Um, and and what happened really was so bizarre and there wasn't a trigger. There wasn't anything that I could pinpoint. You know, I didn't have any answers or diagnosis. My body just stopped working one day. Um, I woke up, I had no use of, of my arms, essentially. I couldn't lift them over my shoulders. My husband was, was having to bathe me and, um, you know, I couldn't even get off the couch or, you know, bring in groceries, things like that. And before that, I had been in the best shape of my life. I worked out constantly. Um, You know, I took a lot of pride in my health and, and my body image. And that was another whole issue that I really didn't understand how much of an impact it was having on my mental health. But my struggles with mental health in general have lasted my entire adult life. And so I never really had what I would call a grasp on it. I always felt like I was just kind of treading water and, you know, feeling as though things were always more difficult for me than they were for other people. But for some reason, I was still here. I was still, there was this voice inside me that was telling me that I was meant to do something more with this. This was happening for a reason. Um, and And I'm so glad that I, you know, really learned how to listen to that voice because it's The thing that saved my life for sure and has led me to where I am now, which is helping other people to do the same. that processing of emotions and really getting in touch with myself, who I am at my core, but understanding the connection between my mind and my body and the fact that I wasn't connected to either one. Um, that was That's really where the whole process started for me. Um, and now my work is not to help fix or heal other people, it's to help them realize that they have the ability to do that for themselves. They may just not have learned the skills or they may have gotten really out of touch with that intuition that voice inside of them that's going to guide them to where they need to be and so that's really where I come in to just create that safe space and the guidance for other people until they feel comfortable to take that role on themselves
1: Mm, yeah it's so interesting because um yeah like the more I the more I hear about it the more I talk to other people and have these conversations as well the more you know you realize that there is so much mind-body connection and just that unresolved trauma can just get get trapped in our body, literally. And, uh, you know, we we question why we might be experiencing certain pain in in different areas of our body, but we never really link it to, to our mental health, at least immediately, unless and until you start having those conversations and talking to people. And I've always wondered why we're never taught any of this in school. <laughs>
2: right, the million dollar
1: question. Yeah. I yeah. know it's, it is
2: um, something that's, I really had to work to overcome that resentment and the anger that 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 wasn't made available. That if I would have had these tools and these resources and this knowledge, maybe I wouldn't have had to go through that pain and suffering. But what you learn when you go through pain and suffering is that it's always necessary and it's always on purpose. And if you can believe that truly, that you are exactly where you are right now for a reason, uh, that that's where that, you know, understanding and a little bit of space can come from to say okay this is on purpose I'm experiencing this because I'm supposed to so what am I supposed to know what am I supposed to understand that's going to help me get to where I need to go so I'm not stuck here forever because we're never supposed to stay in one place forever that is the only constant is change Um, but when we aren't taught really how to embrace that change and how to look for those things that are going to help us keep moving forward, it can feel like we're stuck in that really deep, dark, painful place forever. And that is not a fun feeling. And I've been there for a very long time, but I've also been very fortunate enough to have gotten out of that space so many times that every time I fall back in, I now have that kind of belief and knowledge of, okay, this isn't going to last forever either.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's and that's an important realization, I guess, as well for, for everyone to come to that change is constant and it's not going to be like this forever, even considering we're just going through this pandemic situation as we record this. Um, it, it, it's interesting to me also that we we adopt these labels, um, given to us, you know, in life generally, and also the fact that people don't because we don't get taught a whole bunch of things in school, you go out into the big world and, um, you know, you kind of are on this process of discovering who you are and, and making mistakes and, uh, and and gaining life lessons. But our belief systems are often adopted by, you know, our parents or our carers or just our environment and those people around us. And we often just go through life, you know, not questioning them. Um, and I just feel like particularly, and I mean, I can relate to this so much because being from a, a an Asian family, you know, there, there's this element, which I feel is like generational, you know, there's a lot of mm. things people don't talk about. Mm. Um, and, and you're so, so suppo- supposed to automatically believe, you know, what your family believe, what their thoughts are. And there's just so much codependency. And I'm sure it's not just Asian families, mm. but how amongst that then do you find your voice? How do you what are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves in order to, to understand ourselves better and mm-hmm. understand if a belief is, is our own or if it's, you know, some, somebody else's actually?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question. I think it's something that people don't even realize they struggle with because our beliefs feel true. But that is the distinction that I think that's so important to make. And I can relate to what you were saying because I was raised in a very religious family and the beliefs that were given to me, and that's exactly what beliefs are most of the time is something that's that's given to us. Um, and those, they didn't seem to connect with what i believe to be true what i was seeing in the world playing out what i felt connected to and there was this you know disconnect that that caused a lot of pain but at the same time you're desperate to be loved and accepted by your family and there's this fear that if i go against these things that i've been told are true What? where does that leave me? Am I going to be by myself? Am I going to be homeless? Am I going to be without love? And is that worth it? And so we tell ourselves, no, it's not. And we'll just keep going on and doing what we're told to do because that sacrifice isn't worth it. But then what we find out as we get older is that truth that's within us, not the beliefs, but the actual truth about that voice that's constantly nagging us that something isn't right here, something needs to change, it will get louder and louder and louder until the point where it takes over and there is nothing that you can do to ignore it anymore. And that's what happened to me with my physical body. You know, It was this message that was saying, you can't do it this way anymore. That sacrifice isn't worth it. You're now sacrificing your own health, your own life, your joy, your your sense of connection and community and love for something that you don't actually believe. And that is the really kind of sticky thing that you have to get into and be okay with being just very uncomfortable for a while because it is, it's change is uncomfortable. But the thing is, is Not changing is uncomfortable too. So it's this, you know, need to avoid discomfort that actually ends up creating the pain and discomfort. And if we're just willing to allow ourselves to open and just say, okay, this is going to be kind of rough for a little bit. This is going to feel weird. It's going to be foreign. I'm not going to have anything to grab onto, but I know that's okay. I'm always okay and I feel like that is my you know the mantra that has gotten me through so much is that I am always okay even when I don't believe that I am and so that is the thing that allows me to start playing with these beliefs and ideas and asking myself do I actually believe that and not is it true but does it feel true in my body and my soul when I sit with this thing what comes up and those questions can be really difficult and they can cause a lot of pain. And, you know, there is this fear and this possibility of, of creating risks and families and communities, but you have to ask yourself, what is it worth it to continue this cycle? That these beliefs that were given to you were given to the people that gave them to you as well. And at some point there was a, a, Break in communication, And I like to think of it like a big game of telephone where everybody, when you were younger, you would sit around and somebody would say something to the kid next to them. And by the time it got all the way to the end of the circle, everyone would laugh because the message was so off base and nowhere near where it started. And we see this happening with social media and with news where if you share something without really embodying the message and understanding it and ask yourself if you believe it, by the time it gets out of control and goes viral, the message has actually been lost in your creating a rift because you're teaching something that is so far from what the actual truth was. So that's what I like to think about with my own beliefs and really going in and asking myself, these things that keep coming up, they keep popping up over and over again that feel like, why do I have to do this thing? I've already done this. And it's like, well, because you haven't learned the lesson and it's going to keep popping up over and over again until you do. So maybe let's take a different approach this time. Mm,
1: yeah, no, I can I can definitely like... Ha- I definitely have, have have had that experience so much in my life of things cropping up or getting into the same pattern of kind of thinking until until it's broken. Um, so it's a, yeah. shame, it's a shame it takes so long for, for us to realize sometimes. <laughs> right,
2: I know. And then when we finally figure it out, we go back and tend to beat ourselves up and say, why didn't I figure that out sooner? But that can cause even more pain. And that's another challenge of not, of not really berating yourself for however long it takes you to get to that point. And just being grateful that you got there because there are so many people that will live their life without ever getting to that recognition and learning that lesson. And we'll have to repeat the pain over and over again. So just be grateful that you got there to begin with, regardless of how long you feel like it took you. But yeah, that idea, I like to think of it as whack-a-mole where it's like this thing pops up and I keep like hitting it, but then it keeps popping up over here and it might be in a different form, but it feels the same. And it's like, I can't, I don't have enough hands to put on all of these things that are popping up. And it's like, maybe it's because we're not supposed to be hitting them down. Maybe it's because we're supposed to be allowing them to sit and to bring our attention to them and ask them like, what are you trying to tell me? What is this message that I'm not getting? I'm now willing to receive it, I'm now listening, and I'm willing to learn and be wrong for a minute because that's something that I don't think people are very comfortable with is this idea of being wrong. Um, but if you, once you get comfortable with like, yeah, I'm going to be wrong, but I'm also going to learn that can be where the most growth comes in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. no you said some really important things and I think often the cases, you know, what, 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 what I'm hearing also is the fact that we have to really go inwards to recognize those lessons because a lot of the time when these things keep happening, you know, a lot of people take a more sort of victim mindset. And, um, you know, it turns into a sort of blame game of the situation and the circumstances and the people, rather than looking at what I can change, you know, it, it, it's kind of like what everybody else should be doing, right? Absolutely. And it's the, you know, we don't want
2: to feel that we're responsible for our own pain. We don't want to admit that we may be have the ones that created this. And I was there. I mean, I remember when people would allude to that when I was really sick of, you know, what if this is psychosomatic? What if this is something you created in your head? And I would get so angry, like they don't get it. They don't see this pain. And why, why in the world would I want to experience this pain? But what I've come to realize is when you have repressed trauma, when you have things that you don't even know exist because your subconscious has kept them hidden from you. I mean, it has the brain's ability to hide the truth is incredible, um, and. I've really come to the realization that I had been suffering from PTSD my entire life, but I never knew I had the T. And that was the real disconnect is how do you explain to yourself what you're going through? If I would have had the language and the comprehension, I may have been able to sit with myself during these panic, panic attacks that felt like they were coming from out of nowhere. But now I realize, you know, there was always a reason. And it was, it's that switching of the understanding like it's not the things that we're seeing on the outside that are affecting our internal makeup and the way that we feel and act and and relate to people and other things it's the other way around you know we create the things on the inside and then they're reflected to us on the outside and one of the metaphors I've been working with lately is like it's like a 3D printer and you have this uh, language that's encoded within you, and you get these programs that are downloaded, and it's up to you to decode them and understand the program, and then you create them in the physical world. But a lot of times it's like there's a language barrier. And so you get this information, it sits within you, but if you're not really doing that work to learn what that message is and what you're meant to do with it, It's just going to sit there dormant and then you're constantly going to be coming up against things that you don't have the resources or knowledge in order to understand because they're still locked inside of you. But that's the most important thing to remember is that they are inside of you. Those answers, that knowledge, those resources are all available. It's just learning how to unlock them. And that's really what their practice of of mindfulness and going inside and And connecting to yourself comes in because it's like you're learning a language and you have to give yourself space and grace and time to do that because it's not something that comes naturally. It goes against everything you were taught, but it feels really important. So when you're there, it's just enough to keep you going. You'll get just enough every time to say, okay, I think I'm onto something. I'm going to keep going on this path and see where it takes me.
1: Yeah, no, I love I love the fact that you said it's almost like a new language because I think that's just a really a really great way of describing that whole experience actually. And, and a lot of people, especially with like emotional abuse, which I I'm finding like the more the more I started kind of posting about these things, the more I had people like reaching out and and kind mm-hmm. of sharing their experiences. And the more I realized that, um, oh, you know, this is really common and it's so yeah. unfortunate that it's so common but there's so many women um and I say women because I've mostly spoken to women about this and of course there's men as well but in terms of experiencing like a lot of guilt and shame especially mm-hmm. when they come out of those dynamics because they've taken it on upon themselves you know to to um yeah they're, they're I mean it's not just, I think, in a way of processing at least if I talk about myself, I know like if I look back at certain things I entertained, whether it was any kind of toxic relationship, there's a bit of shame and guilt attached to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, just 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 how do we, in in terms of this shame and guilt, where does that come from, and how do we how do we learn to sort of process that better and not actually make it part of our identity and 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 sit with it i mean i understand we have to feel it but you know to stay in that state
2: yeah wonderful question and that's something that i'm currently practicing as as much as i can um and i work a lot with energy it's it's the way that i've been able it's like that Thing I was speaking of of learning a language um, once I started delving into this world of energy and how things are connected at an energetic level it was like things just started making sense and unlocking and and so that is kind of where I I work and what makes sense to me and what resonates with me and the thing that I really was able to heal from the most and I'm still working on healing is this idea that that shame and guilt is not yours these things that happen to you that you have blamed yourself for, when we're given things that are we take without, let's say they're given to you without your consent, if it has to do with trauma or abuse or uh, negative, you know, self beliefs or whatever that is when that's taken on, when we're whatever age, it's given to us by somebody else. It's their energy that we take on as our own. Somebody else is doing something that they're ashamed of. They know it's not right. It doesn't feel aligned with who they are, but it's encoded within their DNA. It's the cycle that they're perpetuating. So they all they know how to do is pass it on. And when they do, they pass on that shame and guilt that goes along with it because there's a disconnect. So. I think the most important thing for people to realize is when that shame and guilt and blame comes up, if you can allow it and say, that's not mine, that was given to me, which means that I can let it go, that can be the thing that allows enough space around that event or that cycle that helps you see, okay, now I can actually trace this back a little bit farther. Maybe this thing I thought happened in college or high school actually goes back to when I was a child. Maybe I was only, you know, five or six years old. And if I was only five or six years old, that is just ridiculous to think a five or six-year-old should know better or should be able to say, stand up for themselves or to recognize right from wrong. There's no way. So really, taking that moment to recognize that this is not mine. I have been given this and who knows how long this cycle has been going on, but now I have the opportunity to heal this cycle. And that's one thing, you know, I'm really glad that you brought this up as far as the shame and something I didn't know if I was gonna mention because it's so new and something I'm working on, but um, a passion of mine is to really remove that shame from healing and while mental health is becoming you know less stigmatized there is more conversation around it a more need for containers and safe spaces for people to be it's still very much something that happens behind closed doors it's this idea of you know you go to a psychiatrist's office and you or you sit in your room and you meditate or you go to a yoga studio and um you be quiet and you sit inside your mind and and so what I found the most healing thing for me is the connection, is talking to other people, is recognizing, like you said, as soon as you start talking about it, all of a sudden people come out of the woodwork and they are just magnetized towards you because they are like, finally, somebody who gets it, somebody else who's gone through this. I thought I was the only one. Thank God I'm not alone. And that is really what I think is, mo- is mostly needed. This idea of, of my, basically what I'm working on is healing out loud of how can I be transparent that it's not something I have to go and do by myself and figure out and and learn and read and study and listen and and implement and then come out and share with other people. How can I invite them to walk alongside me while I'm doing this work, to be exactly where I am, to not feel like I have to wait to leave the party to have a panic attack because I'm gonna fall asleep or to not feel like I have to think about, should I say that thing out loud or should I wait It's this idea of allowing yourself to be totally whole and human exactly where you are and trust that if it's not received by the people around you, it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. But the more that you are courageous enough and vulnerable enough to show this is who I am right now and it's enough, the more other people will be attracted to you and that collaboration and community and connection is the thing that just expedites this the healing and creates the container and the ripple effect that allows other people to do it as well
1: wow I, I i love that i love what you said about healing out loud and i i don't think I've thought about it in in that kind of way before I think um the way that you've expressed it but it's so so true it is um there is still this element of kind of and and even in terms of you know uh, doing therapy or, or, you know, seeing a psychiatrist, although in the West, it's still openly talked about to some degree that, oh, I have a therapist or, you know, in, in, in Asian culture, it's still very much quite like hush, hush and taboo and no one talks about it. So yeah. I, I really appreciate, um, what you, what you said. Um, Another thing that you, you say, you mentioned, you say, and and the question you ask yourself is what if this isn't about me? And Mm. I I love that question so much because I feel like in in this series about purpose, you know, I've always thought of it like that, that what if, uh, you know, my life purpose isn't really about me, it's about, you know, serving others and it's not self-seeking, it's really what we, what we've come to do, but. With people, with other people, it's not meant to be done alone. Um, that's kind of the, the way that I've been thinking about it, and especially off late. Um, what what do you feel in terms of your personal journey with with the idea of purpose? Did you did you feel this uh, kind of innate hunger towards this kind of work from a young age, or was it something that developed? And if something triggered it, um, if you could share a little bit about that experience. Yeah, no, this is fairly new
2: to me, relatively speaking. Um, I was, you know, I thought I had my whole life figured out by the age of 17. I was, um, I went to college to be a sports management major. I knew I wanted to be a sports agent. I had the internship. I had the job lined up. And you know, I was on this track. I was doing everything they told me to do and graduating on time. And you know, it was this idea that my whole life was going exactly the way I was supposed to go. And I graduated from college in 2009. And that was during the first, you know, major recession um, of our lifetime. And it was all of a sudden the jobs were gone. And there my job offer was revoked. And there was nothing available for me. And all of a sudden I was just floating with nothing to grab onto. Um, and I didn't know who I was because I identified so much with that path that I had put myself on that I thought was it. And so the really what, what led me into this work was my own mental health issues and my own challenges and struggles, my health uh, deteriorating to the point where doctors couldn't diagnose me and they almost didn't seem like they cared to. And so it was like I had to take that on by myself, but it was the loneliest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever done, the most frustrating thing I've ever done. And I just kept thinking it has to be easier. There has to be a better way. This should not be so hard. And so that has driven me the entire time. But as far as that question of, you know, what if it's not about me? That is the, it came to me as far as this idea of self-care and people, you know, it's become this catchphrase, like self-care isn't selfish and trying to really get people to take time to spend time with themselves and figure out who they are and what brings them joy. But that's still a very shallow interpretation of what self-care actually is. And what I found when I really started going deep and trying to understand who I am on a personal level, what's my purpose? Why am I here? I found the more time i spent with myself and was able to answer those questions the more i realized that my purpose involved helping other people that it was about me doing this work so then i could help other people do the work but i had to be the one to do it first and that's something that i wholeheartedly believe in is if we try and teach things that we don't embody or practice ourselves we create rifts and we do more harm than good even if our intentions are pure so even if I feel like I know something, if I haven't fully implemented it and embodied it myself, I'm not going to do anybody any good by just sitting here and talking about it. I have to truly believe it from my core because I've done it and I've seen that the impact it's had. And so that idea of what if it's not about me, even when I'm in these intensely healing spaces where it feels really dark and I don't think I can do it, and I just keep asking myself, why is it so hard? Why am I here again? How do I get out of this? That question, what if it's not about me, is the thing that snaps me out of it. Because I realize, again, that entitlement of I'm not supposed to feel this pain. I'm not supposed to suffer. It's recognizing that I'm not suffering alone. But again, that idea of us all doing it in our private houses, especially right now with so many people, we have a mental health crisis on our hands at a scale that we've probably never seen, but we don't know it because everybody's in their own little bubble. And when this pandemic is over and people come out, I have a feeling it's going to be the most jarring thing we've ever seen. This this real crisis of people not knowing who they are, what that whole purpose, why did that happen? Why is this so hard? And so again, that idea of, okay, why did this happen? There are other people that are feeling this way. Is there a way for me to figure this out? Because if I do, then I can convince them they can do it too. And so that idea of this, these gifts, this knowledge, this connection, whatever it is that's given to me has been for a reason so I can heal myself. And then I can be the support and the love and the guidance that other people are going to need, because there's going to be a huge need for it when this entire situation is over. Um, There's no such thing as going back to normal after this. And that's going to be a really hard thing for people to accept. Mm -hmm. But the people like us that have spent this time really figuring out how we can be of service, how we can support and guide other people are gonna be the ones that give that hope and lead the way to show that like maybe there's a better way to do this. Maybe you're you're feeling these things for a reason, but you don't have to do this alone anymore. And that is the only thing that I really think people need to hold on to is that you never have to do it alone ever. And if you feel like you are doing it alone and there's no one there to reach out to, call it in, you know, ask for it and trust that you'll be able to receive it when it shows up because it will show up. You just have to trust that it's out there. Um, and I've, I've practiced it myself over and over again and I'm surprised every single time because I think that it's just like not possible. No way am I gonna crawl myself out of this hole that I dug myself into. This one feels too big. But that's the whole point is each time we heal and you know, we up level and we've learned that, next, that lesson and now it's, we're on to the next level. We can take on more. And that's kind of what the world shows us over and over again, is it's not happening to you because you deserve it, because you did something wrong. It's happening to you because you can handle it. And that idea of we can handle more than we think we can handle is just something that's going to be really monumental for the healing that has to be done, I think.
1: Yeah, so true. It's just so much of reframing the narrative in, in our own heads, I think. And I know uh, you, you're, you, you're shedding light onto the fact that, yeah, when, when all of this is over, there's gonna be this element of having to relearn things. And um, I know you've spoken about coaching as, as being more of like an, an undoing experience uh, as opposed to a doing experience as well. So I think that ties in really nicely. Is there a specific moment in your life where you really felt that this is this is a belief or a pattern that I absolutely learned but this is not one that serves me, um, one that specifically stands out and and what was that process like for you of just relearning, actually a, a new belief which which actually serves you now? Mm. Yeah, that
2: I mean I feel like there's a million of them. Um, that's really what I've been spending all of my time doing is undoing and and that like we were talking about earlier when those beliefs come up and there's the shame and the guilt that's the moment of saying there's nothing I need to do to make this go away but there may be something that I need to undo and that is where that okay maybe this isn't my belief maybe this is something that I used to believe and it served me at a time but now it doesn't anymore so I need to release it so how can I let go and for me Um, A lot of healing took place for me when I started to understand my ADHD diagnosis, which I wasn't diagnosed until about 28, uh, about four years ago, and I... Had been, you know, finally I had this name to go with all of these struggles of why my brain felt it worked differently, but why I couldn't fit into the container of everybody else, of of the way that other people seem to think and do things. And yet, the way that's the way the world's set up. So it felt like I had to. Um, And I kept, felt like I was bumping up against the ceiling, like I would finally get a grasp on something, and all of a sudden the rules would change, and nobody told me. And so, the thing that I really that's another thing that I say I've healed myself from and, and I'm healing from. I don't think it's, I think that's something also very important that was just shared with me a couple of days ago is healing isn't a destination either. It's a lifelong journey. And so it's not as though as soon as I'm better, as soon as I'm healed, as soon as I have fixed this thing, then my life can start. Then it'll all be good. It's recognizing this is something I do every single day for the rest of my life. But that ADHD identification, again, a label, and really identifying with this thing of, oh, things are more difficult for me. The world isn't set up for me. My brain works in a different way. Uh, my, I, my life was more difficult because I didn't know this. Nobody told me. And so all of that victim mentality uh, was, I saw more detrimental than it was supposed to be. Having a diagnosis is supposed to give you relief. It's supposed to give you guidance. It's supposed to kind of illuminate the path of which you're supposed to go. And if it doesn't feel like it's doing that, it's not serving its purpose. So for me, really letting go of that label, even of the ADHD and recognizing, no, my brain doesn't work the same way as other people, but nobody's brain works the exact same way as anyone else's. And it's not that I need to try and work harder to fit into the world. It's that I need to let go of the idea that I need to fit in at all, that I need to be accepted, that I need to be related, relatable, that I need to be palatable or, you know, the fact that I'm too much and I have to tone myself down. I have to get rid of this belief that people, everyone needs to love me. Everyone needs to accept me. Everything needs to be easy. I need to know where my place is. And I just have to let myself float and just be where I am and trust that my brain works the way it's supposed to. My body works the way it's supposed to. My spirit works the way it's supposed to. And if I truly believe that and can just stay in the present moment, I will be guided to where I'm supposed to go next. And that is another thing that, um, especially if people with chronic pain and illness, um, A mantra or an affirmation for myself is my body works exactly as it's supposed to. And that doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with it. That doesn't mean there's no pain or nothing to be healed. It means that if there's something off, if there's something painful, if there's something disconnected, it's a message being sent to me. It's showing me where the healing and the focus needs to go. So it is serving its purpose beautifully. And that's something I think we need to remember is that our brains and our bodies work automatically. They are insanely intelligent. Um, And it's actually when we get in the way and think we're the ones that have to do this work, we have to figure it out. We have to know what our purpose is and be the one that goes out there and do that. But instead, just get out of the way. Just let yourself be Breathe for a second. Be where you are, and trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And as long as you believe that, you'll continually be guided to the next place that you're supposed to go.
1: Mm-hmm. So true. I love the fact that you brought up the, the labels as well, because I think you just you explained it very, very, very well. Actually, about this kind of dialectic between um, between uh, feeling the sense of comfort that you now can. Uh, put a name to what you're feeling and experiencing. But then it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy thing that, you know, how much do I take this label on and and not let it just become everything I'm about and use it as a justification. And, you know, I think that's that's such an important topic of conversation. So that was great that you shed some light on that. And and just this idea of um, self-worth then, which I just wanted to touch upon as well is that um, so much of who we are and our identity is, is attached to you know our job title and what we do and uh you know when that's stripped away a lot of us are just completely lost and uh, I mean I was having this conversation with with another guest as well Is like um, I've personally struggled with that a lot because I, I you know if somebody kind of asks about me I immediately go into like okay I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm doing that and then I you know especially at a time like this like where we have experienced a pandemic and um it, it's kind of like the focus has gone less on us needing to be performative because we're all in the same situation as well. So it's almost like there's, um, it would have been different had this virus just almost like attacked a certain community. And, you know, we, we can empathize with that, but it, it's literally no one's immune. Right. Yeah. So I feel like to experience that as a unity as well, something really, different has happened which uh, a lot of us have never experienced before but um but yeah how do we how do we do that better and understand that our worth is not attached to what we do as as a profession or how good we do something
2: yeah that's a beautiful question and i think especially bringing it into the light of the pandemic of this idea that it was almost like something like this was necessary to connect us as a human race, to not identify with our cultures, our communities, our roles, our beliefs about ourselves, but to see that every single one of us is the same inside and we can all be affected by something in the same way. And it's really brought this sense of You know, all of these things that we use to separate ourselves because it's how we identified, you know, if I'm not a mother, if I'm not a wife, if I'm not a, you know, a business person, who am I? And that's the scary thing because that is the ego. The ego needs something to hold on to, to survive. And that's when people think of ego, they think of it more in an egotistical sense of far as as being pompous or or really self-centered the ego is simply identification. That is all it is. So if you are identifying with a role or a belief or a a group of people, that is the ego. So for me, the practice has been, how do I strip away those labels? When you say I am, and then whatever pops into your head, like you were saying, I am a woman. I am white. I am 32. All of these things that I used to Understand myself. How can I get to the point where there's nothing after the I am? It's just I am And that is where that space where you'll realize that you don't need those things that they're nice to have for a while But nothing's meant to be in your life forever. Even being a parent You know, I was reading um, Eckhart Tolle's book a new earth and he talks about this idea of parents being this you know supporter and this guide for children as they're coming up so they can understand how the world works and what their role is in it but if they aren't able to let go of that idea that once your child is grown you no longer have that role you're not in charge of them anymore you don't know what's best for them and it can create a huge rift between children and parents when they can't let that go they cannot understand that they are more than a parent they have identified with that role for so long i think that that's something a lot of people can relate to but as far as the, the kind of space and the separation from all of these roles and labels, just practice saying I am and letting that be enough, not needing to fill in the blank, because there is no blank. You know, that is that who, how you'll figure out who you are at the deepest level is when you just let yourself be exactly what you are without the need to ascribe a label or identification to it, I am. That's it. And so if you can say that to yourself over and over and over again until you finally kind of connect with that, oh yeah, I am. Like I just am. Mm -hmm. That is the real beauty and the real peace that comes from not needing something to hold on to of realizing this ego that has been desperately grasping at things has nothing left to hold on to. And while it's really uncomfortably floating in space here, it's actually really peaceful after a while. And while everybody thinks they want to be happy, we're chasing happiness, you know, that's while everybody says I just want to be happy. You think about it, if you're happy all the time, you don't want that either. That's manic. That is, you know, really uncomfortable. If you're always happy, we're meant to experience the full spectrum of emotions. What we're all really going after is peace. And so that I think is really something if people can make that the goal, how do I find peace? How do I sit exactly where I am and trust that I am, fully complete, I am okay and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, I am.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. I think that's so important and definitely, uh, yeah, I think the question about making peace, making peace, the uh, the goal in a way is, I think something, if, if everybody did that, I'm sure everyone's life would change pretty, pretty dramatically. So. That was a really great, great point. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation and, and coming and sharing a little bit about your story. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so
2: much for having me. And I, I enjoy doing this so much, just connecting and meeting new people and you know, sharing my story, but also knowing that I'm working with other people that are just trying to get this message out, that it's okay to talk about these things. And the more we do, the more we heal. Um, and the more that we attract other people who are looking to do the same, and it is just you know so rewarding. So thank you so much for this platform, for the work you do, and and your audience, um, and allowing me to be a part of it.
1: Brilliant! Yeah, thank you so much, Anna.
0: Well, that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I hope you tune in next week when I talk to another exceptional guest. As usual, every Sunday, we're continuing the series of Purpose, and I hope it thoroughly, thoroughly speaks to you. It affects you. I hope you're inspired to share. The message with someone and I hope that you have already subscribed to the podcast. If not, please go to www.unplugannie.com and you can find all the podcast links as well as other links and articles which may be of interest to you. You can also subscribe and receive the weekly email newsletter to your inbox and be part of the family in a more active way. Until next week.